0: listening to episode 30, chapter 1 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lamberth. And I'm Josh Havens.
1: And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today
0: in the everyday moments of life. Today, we're talking with Don Everts about his latest book, The Reluctant Witness. Don Everts is the content development manager in the Global Ministries Divisions for Lutheran Hour Ministries. A poet and preacher at heart, Don speaks at conferences and churches across the country, inviting skeptics and believers alike to gaze at Jesus and be thrilled. Don spent the last 10 years working in the local church, and the 14 years before that working on the college campus with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Whether in the church or on campus, Don has walked with non-Christians as they discover the person of Jesus and has worked with Christians in being able to fruitfully do the same in their own relationships. You've probably felt it before. It's that guilty
1: feeling that you haven't been sharing your faith with others like you should. We're all called to evangelize, right? So then why don't we witness more? Why is it so hard to have a spiritual conversation? In this chapter, Don opens up with us about his latest work in studying why Christians aren't having as many spiritual conversations anymore. We may come up with excuses or justifications for why we don't talk about our faith with others. But could it be that there's something deeper happening in our culture?
0: Don, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Good to be with you guys.
0: So good to be talking with you. Your book, The Reluctant Witness, Discovering the Delight of Spiritual Conversations. Really fascinating topic and um, and title. Josh and I have grown so much just from our experience with talking with each other and having spiritual conversations. And so I've been
1: doing it for like 10 years now.
0: Yes. And so I think on the one hand, according to your book, and we'll dive into it, we might be characterized as eager conversationalists, but on the other in some more specific areas, we might be reluctant conversationalists. So uh, a little bit of a teaser for those that are listening. But first, why did you write this book? And, and tell us how this book was birthed, because it was birthed out of a lot of research that was done, actually. And so uh, it's kind of an interesting book in its origin.
2: Yeah, it, it, I mean, really, it's two threads coming together. So one of the threads is um, just being invited to the table, working with Lutheran Hour Ministries and the Barna Group. Uh, as they were doing a twenty five year check-in on some research on spiritual conversation. so so that's one of them, and having just really fresh data and being able to look at how things have changed quite a bit in twenty five years in terms of how Christians and non-Christians approach spiritual conversation. So so that's part of the thread here is like having just some really fresh data on how's the church's voice uh, doing right now. And then the other thread is just sort of in, in God's sovereignty, just my own discipleship path, um, and and a little bit of God's humor. I think of being naturally introverted by temperament, and having just step by step been called into a life of uh, ministry and conversations. And 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 I'm a I'm a uh, a really stubborn kind of disciple. Like I, I grow slowly
1: sometimes. I'll preach that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> And so God has really moved me and, and taken me from a place of being a really reluctant conversationalist to being, let's say, less reluctant. And my temperament hasn't changed. I'm still who I am. And that's wonderful. And I feel like God honors that. But part of what why I wrote this book was because God has worked in my own life to help me overcome uh, stigmas I had and barriers to conversation. And I I really am a fan now. Like, I like spiritual conversations. And that's just a work of God in my life. And so that's the other thing, the, the other reason I wanted to write this book is because I feel like when really extroverted people Call other Christians to evangelism. Most of us have an easy time dodging that because it's sort of like, well, it's easy for you to say, and and so I feel like God, what He's done in my life, it's it's like, guys, if if God can grow me in this way, He really can use anyone. And so there's there's kind of a message of hope just born out of my own experience.
0: Well, thank you for that. Um, we'll we'll dive right into temperament. So Josh and I are both introverts, and so we sort of fit that bill. In fact, yeah. Um, Uh, At a church plant I was part of, I developed the theory that introverts and extroverts like every church needed an extrovert just to go out and get them in the church and then because that's why people would come to church but then the introverts would be the reason why they stayed because there then the extroverts would leave again and go back out and get more people but but you're sort mm. of flipping that theory on its really, head it's in the a good ex- way
1: the, the introverts that are reflective enough and thoughtful enough to to communicate <laughs> deep content that's what i like to think. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> right. Exactly. that's right
0: so no but, but i like this this idea of our temperament doesn't have to change and we can still engage in these spiritual conversations as we're talking about. But let's define what we mean when we talk about spiritual conversations. Because yeah, the- um, you, you sort of use it interchangeably in the book. Are we talking about witnessing, like sharing our faith, evangelistic activities? Or are we talking about just simply talking to another person about, hey, this is what God is doing in my life?
2: Yeah. So we looked at both and we researched both. And and so when I talk about spiritual conversations, I mean it in the most general sense. And so the researchers defined it for all the people in the study, as any conversation with anyone about your faith or your lack of faith. And so that's very, very, very broad. So that includes being a Christian, talking with a non-Christian about your faith, which is, as you say, evangelistic. But it also includes talking with my wife after church, hey, what'd you think about the sermon? It also includes what you guys do. It also includes... You know talking with my kids you know you you've had a hard day well did you know did you think of praying and you know did you feel god's presence with you um so it's the broadest of all and in the research we we examined both things spiritual conversations generally and people's experience of those and people's experience of talking about your christian faith with someone who's not a christian uh and 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 we found interesting things about both
0: yeah, so we've got this twenty-five year difference in, in our data. So going back from nineteen ninety three to um, two thousand eighteen. Uh, two thousand eighteen. Yes. Sir. Thank you for that math. Help. <laughs> um, so what are you, what were the major findings that came out? Or, or or and we don't maybe have to go through all of them right now. But like, what were the big standouts to you? The biggest differences?
2: Yeah. So the big standout is we are a lot quieter now. So um, we are having fewer spiritual conversations with each other that's a big one. And and that's something we'll probably want to explore together in conversation. Why is that? How quiet have we gotten Uh, those of us who are still talking? What's, you know, what do we have to learn from them? Uh, But that's a big standout. The church has grown quieter. Christians are talking about their faith less. Um, There is more of a fear of offense. So um, our overall culture, and this is different when you're dealing with individuals, but our overall culture, Uh, is a little bit more hostile to the Christian faith. And so, you know, Paul talks about sometimes the gospel is in season, sometimes it's out of season. And in our country, it's a little less in season than it used to be. And so we found that out. Uh, Interestingly, our beliefs about evangelism have changed in 25 years. Uh, and, And what we believe about what the Bible calls us to when it comes to evangelism has shifted pretty dramatically uh, in 25 years as well. So that, that, that's just a little sampling of some of the things that we've seen. Another big change is how uh, how much digital conversations uh, are on the rise, obviously. And even if you're, pe- people's preferred mode for talking about spiritual things is still face to face. So that's one of the things we found. But uh, if you, even if you and I like talking face to face, there's probably digital elements to our ongoing conversation. So we're texting each other or I forward you something or, you know, um, and that has changed in 25 years, too. So, you know, 30,000 feet, those are some of the changes.
0: Yeah. And that was really cool to see, you know, the data broken down by generations, because you're right, even though that was the vast trend, especially as you went towards the millennials and and I'm guessing then Gen Z, the those sorts of things would shift more in the favor of the younger generation with digital mediums. And yeah. so, um, yeah. that was, that was actually pretty cool to to see that there was at least a rise or, or, or potentially more comfortable mediums that they were taking place through. Cause I'm a millennial, but honestly, I'm not a big fan of having conversations digitally. Like yeah. we're old soul millennials. We though, are right? definitely it's your old souls. We're <laughs> the Xennials as, as they yeah, like yeah. to call them. Well, but. you
2: know, it's interesting because I'm a, I'm a full on angsty Gen Xer and uh, and, and, I'm in, I have a friend right now who grew up an atheist and, and, uh, long story short, we're talking about Jesus and they're, and they're wanting to discover about the faith. And, and they kept like texting me things and, and, and shooting me emails and wanting to engage there. And I kept like, well, let's text an email to find out a time when we're going to get together. And, <laughs> and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's when we'll have the real authentic conversation. And, and, in, in handling the research, it made me realize, oh my gosh, like for them, They're younger. They're a full digital native. They don't mind getting deeper in digital spaces. And I need to honor that, you know, and recognize that. So uh, there's there's some fascinating side research we did about how digital conversations are different uh, than face to face conversations in good and bad ways. So we can go down that
0: path at some point, too. Yeah, let's explore that right now since say, we're talking I wanna, about I it. want to look at that right now if we yeah. can. Yeah. So people are more willing to have these digital conversations. So how are they differing, good and bad?
2: Yeah, so, so the scientists are just – I mean it's new, right? So scientists are just starting to learn and examine uh, how we interact differently digitally and why. Uh, and so uh, so there's what the scientists call the online disinhibition effect which basically means we are less inhibited in digital spaces. Um, and there's a number of reasons for that, right? So we may not be seeing each other eye to eye, um, uh, we are maybe anonymous, and so we behave differently. That can have good effects and that can have bad effects. So it can have good effects, for example, uh, digital communication is typically asynchronous. It's not happening in time, like we're having this conversation, so when I stop talking, you talk, et cetera but digitally it's asynchronous and and part of what we found is that that people are more willing to get deep quicker about spiritual matters in digital spaces and and one of the one of the reasons why th- that could be the case is i have time to think about my response and I, and i and i can edit what i'm going to say how much do i want to disclose and well i think and maybe i'm anonymous so i will go a little bit deeper so So there's an opportunity there. Like digitally, people are willing to disclose quicker uh, and have deeper conversations. So that's like cool. That's what they call – but the the researchers call that benign disinhibition. But then there's what they call toxic (laughs) disinhibition, which is, for example, we are meaner when we interact digitally for all the reasons that you can imagine i don't see you i would never say this to your face but digitally i would say this and so it cuts both ways uh there's some real opportunities for us in 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 digital spaces when it comes to spiritual conversations and then there are some real liabilities also so really it's about um recognizing those because as believers we we want to be purposeful right in in how we uh, treat people, and how we talk about things. And and all of these ways that we're tempted to behave differently are all subconscious. And so we just, we need to be learning about those and be understanding how does the way God calls me to interact affect how I handle my digital conversations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's so good. This is what I was going to say earlier was that I think that's got to be one of the best takeaways from um like reading the research and and, and sort of understanding like you use that example of you knew that this uh digital native friend was more willing to go there so you instantly had that trigger to just adjust your uh approach yeah and so like again so me if i'm thinking about having spiritual conversations and we have that you know that that fear sort of well up in you yeah and i'm kind of weird i feel that fear a lot more Digitally than I do in person, just because I feel like I'm always going to miscommunicate something by not having it polished sure. or not having it edited. And I'm like, they're not getting my tone of voice, they're not well, seeing my me, body it's language. Always,
1: it's always seemed way more permanent because once it's out there, That's right? It, it, oh, can yeah. be, it can be screenshotted and then you're done. Exactly. Like, even if you have control over whether it stays there or not, it's always out there. Yes. And so, yeah, and and but at least knowing reasons, if you can't, if you can't. If you're going to be misunderstood, like somebody's going to miss your tone, <laughs> and then it's going to be out there permanently. For me personally, I'm way less likely to 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 put something out there. In to fact, in just that way. this morning, uh, I was on a Facebook group and somebody was asking about uh, uh, the trends towards uh, what someone was calling hyper grace, which was really just how how God's forgiveness works. And I I got halfway through like a paragraph long content. Or a paragraph long response, and I just I deleted it and backed off and, and went away, just because I was like, "There's no good way out of this." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right.
0: But at least I think knowing that what our medium is and where sort of the rules are to engage, it helps us yes. make that approach. Which is again another big theme about your book, and I want to get into some um, some specifics a little bit later. Since you're listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast, it means you have a desire to grow in your walk with Christ. You want to make following Jesus your overall lifestyle, and according to the fifth step in creating a lifestyle of discipleship, that means making other disciples. But for many of us, this step feels like the most difficult one. And so, if you feel afraid to have spiritual conversations with non-believers, know that you are not alone. Even Don Everts himself confesses to being a reluctant witness. And know that there are things that you can do to overcome your fear and become an eager conversationalist. So today, start with something easy. Simply reach out to a close friend or family member who is a Christian and start a simple spiritual conversation with them. You could start just by asking the question, what has God been doing in your life lately?
1: Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship, and the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Don and his work, check out lhm.org. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where Don gives us some valuable tips for becoming a wise witness. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.